Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, referee Mark Goddard has called a stop to this contest at 51 seconds of round number two. Declare the winner by TKO and no! UFC Bantamweight Champion of the World, Sugar Sean O'Malley! You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. My name is Matt McSweeney. This this podcast is brought to you by the Hot Take Hotbox. We are fresh of the UFC 292, a spectacle, a, an event, an historical event that you will remember, Ty, for the rest of your life. I just mentioned his name. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling fresh off of a big-time event? And it seemed like a... Uh, like a, a just a, a it seemed like a monumental moment on Saturday night. Yeah, man. After a long, long wait, we got the main event, and first round was a little slow, but uh, then it's just great moment. I know a lot of people were pissed because uh, the bad stoppage, this and that. I think uh, we all know it wasn't that bad of a stoppage. I think no, no, um, yeah. People just want to see champions go out cold, and like I get it. But also, like that, we're not going to change of the stoppage the way we stop fights because it's the main event. You know what I mean? So, um, either way, big moment. Sean O'Malley, the second contender series alum to win the title. Do you know who the first one was? Both this year. Oh, so it had to. Oh boy, the twenty-five. Who who won the twenty-five out? Well, no, not Pantoja. Nope. Uh, Jesus. I'm trying to run through the weight classes right now in my head, and it's... I'm surprised you're not picking up on it. Had to be... <clears throat> he won the title this year. Oh, he won the title. title now. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I don't know. Jamal Sweet. Oh, that's right. Dreams. That's right. I remember Bill. that. That's right. Okay. Yep. Um, I think he was on the Contender Series 2019. Sean O'Malley way back in what? 2017. He was so it's been a long time man. coming, man. It's been a long time coming when he looked like how I looked when I was trying to grow out my hair. But he had just a couple more tattoos. He had no facial hair. He had the real uh, Jufro, as they call it. And uh, now to see him you know, with the pink, the pink braids, the face tats, this and that. Um, I mean, he's taken light kicks well. He defended takedowns. And he just waited for that one shot. And he landed it, man. And he you know, face planted Aljo. That was just beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. I mean... It was, you know, a lull up until that moment, I think, but it was very just calculated. You know what I mean? Like, it it was going to be one of them fights going into it. It uh, it seemed, excuse me, it seemed like a just a fight where O'Malley knew he couldn't make the wrong mistake, and it, it seemed like he knew that he was nervous going into it. But he always looks that way going into the octagon. I heard people. I was down AC watching it in a sports book at an unnamed location. <laughs> and a lot of people 
where, you know, I mean, basically the whole place is on O'Malley. I had a couple of absolute booze bags coming up to me telling me that my boy was going to get cooked. And I'm like, hey, man, I didn't say anything to you. So, like, I appreciate it if you just kind of walk away from me right now because I am not an Aljo fan in any way. Well, I think he's just going to get – I think that guy's a clown. I'm like, well, you know, like, I don't blame you for feeling that way. But, like, please step away from me. But Stop uh, talking to me, sir. I guess I guess we should go from the beginning, you know, and work our way to the end. Uh, the walkout. What did you make of the walkout? I think him walking out to the Lupe fiasco is incredible. Uh, Easy ten eight. Yeah, Elders got booed, and was, uh, he so he came out the Joiner Lucas L, big L, big big L, uh, superstar. Obviously, like you said, just an awesome choice. And did they love him in Boston? Like it's funny because Aljo dyed his hair green to pay homage to the Celtics. And it did matter. And he's from Long Island, right? Or he's from some part of New York. Very close to Boston. Uh, Sean O'Malley's from Glendale. Or he's uh, from Montana, but grew up in Arizona. <laughs> that just shows, man. He's, he's, he's a big star uh, pretty much anywhere, I think. It's not just Boston and the O'Malley, you know, thing. But, um, yeah, he definitely dominated the walkout. He lost the first round. but Yeah, on um, all three. Which I thought it was very uh, close. Know. But, I mean... That, that yeah, the, the problem was nothing happened, and I guess yep. you know Aljo had many more strikes. He had twenty to eight, and the second round was eighteen to four for Sean. Uh, very quick, obviously, but uh, Aljo had a lot of light kicks. Sean didn't really do much. He didn't throw much. He was just doing a, a couple teeps, a couple front kicks, a couple jabs. Um, but he stuffed both takedown or yeah, both takedowns. One in, in the first round, one in the second round, very easily too. Honestly. Um, it was kind of like it, it kind of looked looked how Weidman looked trying to get takedowns against Tavares, like just not even deep on them. You know, it wasn't really close. So, Sean O'Malley's come a long way, man. I know a lot of people are counting him out against pretty much uh, a lot of guys that he's going to fight. And he's going to run in some tough matchups. Like Marab, Marab might beat him just because Marab will will take you down. And he's just so relentless. But we, as we've seen with the uh, Marlon Marais fight, a young athletic, uh, not young, but an athletic kickboxing. Uh, striker like Marlon Rice can fucking rock him and almost put him out, pretty much put him out like five times. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't see why Sean O'Malley couldn't do the same thing. He's levels ahead of him in striking, much bigger, longer reach. Um, he's going to have that reach and distance advantage over everybody in this division. If he fought Cejudo, I think he would smoke Cejudo way too fast. He's just too fast, too quick, and he has dynamite in his reach. He has good kicks that I don't think, you know, people really see often because he's in love with his hands. Um, uh, I think nasty elbows and knees in the clinch whenever he gets inside. I think yeah. he's really hard. To, I think he's going to be hard now. He's 28. He's just, he just keeps getting better and better. Uh, shout out to Tim Welch, coach, the longtime coach, best friend. Uh, you know, rubbing his, rubbing his back as he walks to the cage, getting him hype. Um, <clears throat> he said after the fight, I think, how nervous he was. And I mean, it's completely nothing wrong with being nervous. You know, Rampage Jackson used to come to the ring trying to scare people, and he lost how many times? You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, that, that to me means nothing. It's it's absolutely normal and human for you to be nervous. And he gets as soon as he got in there, you know, uh, just put on a fucking show. And he is what he is. He's a superstar. I think. Uh, we, I mean, I I you know we both talked about it. I I really thought this, and I believed it, and it wound up being the uh, the case. I really thought Aljo was going to have a tough time closing that distance and getting him to the ground. I think a lot of people overestimated the fact that oh well he's a long you know lanky guy will be able to get his hands on him quick and be able to take him down well look what Peter Yan did to him like it, it, like 
Henry Cejudo is also a guy, he's not an idiot, and I respect his opinion because he's a guy who's been there, he's a double champ and everything, but he acted like just because Peter Yam was able to take him down that Aljamain Sterling would be able to, and that's two completely different fights. When It's different when you are going into a fight expecting a guy to come and take you down. You prepare a different way, your mentality is a different when you're in the cage. He was ready for him, He the, the, he's... Basically new, like I think he said before, like I like I can't let him even get his hands on me. I can't let him touch me. If I go down, it's like the floor is lava. This is like death. Like I, I, I have to, life or death, keep this fight standing, and I will win this fight. And you saw Aljo got a, like in on a single leg, especially in that beginning of that second round when it, you thought, like I think he threw like a sort of a teep kick and fell. And he jumped right on him, you know, and it was like, oh, man, like that. You've seen that happen a million times in MMA yeah. where it's like the guy just threw something, slipped, and ends up on the bottom. I'm pretty sure it happened to Peter Yan in, in a couple of those fights. Yeah, Chris White. Like, it yeah, just happens. It happens, man. Yeah, exactly. You make a slight mistake, and you pay for it, and that's that's the end of the fight. But, I mean, hey, man, he right away knew what he was doing. He, with urgency, got out of that takedown, you know, pushed on the head, kept his balance because I think that was going to be a big factor. I don't think... Sweeping or sweeping the leg out from a guy who's that much taller than you is not that easy. And I'm not saying he couldn't have done it eventually down the road, but it's not as easy as taking down Henry Cejudo, who's much smaller than you. And I know he's a great wrestler and everything, but when you're taking down a guy who's smaller than you, I assume, like, you know, they're like, oh, well, he can get lower than him and whatnot. Like, I have people yelling at me about that in the sports book, too. I'm like, well, listen, man, it you, you found out the hard way because when, yep. when it broke down in that second round, he got his space. And Aljo, you could tell, and he's going to say, I was trying to make it exciting. I don't believe that. He was trying to win the fight. He was. He knew that if he stood out in distance for long periods of time, it was going to end up the way it wound up ending up. And he kind of got caught rushing in like he does against everyone. He doesn't really go. And this is the this is the thing about the Marab fight that they're they're trying to cook up. That's going to be you know either if not next very soon. That I think you know like you said, Marab, he's going to keep putting pressure on him. And he's going to eventually get his hands on him, you would imagine. But he going inside that danger zone on Sean O'Malley, is, it, it can be life or death. Because you can get your lights put out immediately. He has that kind of power. He has that McGregor-esque touch of death that people used to talk about back in the day. Going forward, going backward, going side to side. Which he was changing direction like a like a fucking like NFL player in there, and he knew he could not. I'm I'm sitting there yelling, "Get your back off the cage! Get your back off the cage!" He knew he got his back off the cage immediately. He'd go right back to the center. He was throwing those teep kicks, which I I heard some people saying he wouldn't do that because he was uh, going to get taken down that way or whatnot. But I mean, if he threw it quick enough and low enough, it was it was good. And he had a little bit of success, but it really none of that really mattered until that step back sort of just. That I think what is, Sterling throws a right hand or a left. I think a left hand. Left, straight that left. Yeah. Just missed barely, man. He <laughs> steps out cleanly, and you saw the only thing that stopped Sterling from going out cold was the fact that he saw the punch coming. You see him like look, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Like I'm fucking cooked here. Like he knew it right away when that punch was already getting like yep. in the holster, ready to fucking get fired, and it, it fucking popped him right on the side. He lands right on his face. And then O'Malley would say, I mean, I, I, you got to give him O'Malley credit, man. He has some of the best finishing ground and pound, uh, you know, of some of like of anyone pretty much in the UFC. He's up there because he he's a he, dynamic finisher, man. That's, man. that's another reason why he kind of reminds me of Connor. Like, he can one. He has so many walk off KOs, just like Connor. You know, pretty much had those one hitter quitters. Remember in Cage Warriors, he put that one dude out. 
bad. That was pretty much what got him signed. Yeah. And then um, also, I remember, I think it was Dennis Seaver, which was obviously a huge mismatch, but you saw how quickly he pounced on him, how quickly he pounced on Cowboy Cerrone, uh, <clears throat> uh, Eddie Alvarez. Like, just elite finisher is what I think of when I think of, you know, Sean and Connor. Uh, and one has a nasty left, one has a nasty right. Both have kicks, both have, you know, just so much well-roundedness to their striking game. Um, and I think Sean has a chin. He showed us he has a chin. He showed us he has takedown defense. He's just getting better and better. Uh, I wonder what, you know, if he starts taking people down, you know, like fighting guys like, yeah, Corey Sanhagen or somebody that wouldn't even expect it, and he just pulls it out of nowhere. And he but, and he was even hurt, apparently, going into this with the whole, you know, he had the rib thing going on. He wasn't able to gra- – he said he only didn't grapple for five to six weeks, which – I didn't you know, even know that. He said that's what he said at the uh, press conference, and I was like, "Damn, that's fucking crazy, man!" Because he, he kind of like you know, just basically knew you know when this if this happens, I'm kind of gonna be fucked anyway. So he's, you know, and he said he he said the rib was hurting him so bad going into the you know like the the fight, it, it felt good, but then like you know it was sore afterwards. Uh, you know, I'm sure Aljo wasn't 100. percent These guys are never 100 percent going in here. I yeah. Mean, We've heard stories from, you know, not to mention them again, by Connor with the whole, you know, me foot was a balloon and, you know, all and going into the last Poirier fight with his ankle basically completely fucked going into it. Yeah. That's what caused the eventual destruction of his leg. But yes, sir. At, at the end of um, the day, man, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, just real quick, though. Al- O'Malley solidifies himself as like an all time superstar. You know, you, you yeah. can argue whether. Greatness and level to compare to Sterling and greatest bantamweight. I'm sure that's going to be. They tried to name Sterling the greatest bantamweight of all time going into this, which I don't really like when they do that. But yeah, uh, you know, they seems like that's just a, a typical thing. My voice is already starting to go after. I was <laughs> flipping out on Saturday night when this happened. I was I, I, I was losing when he dropped them for sure. I will tell you, I'm in the sports book, uh, one of the casinos down there, and it's got like it, it, the place blew up when he fucking knocked them down, man. And it's just it continued like it, it was like a like a rise, like a wave. It just kept going and going and going, and then eventually when they stepped in, people just started chucking their drinks in the air. Like it, it was, it was insane. I have never really been somewhere for a fight like that where the whole place was going nuts. And everyone, I mean, I would say about 90% of the sports book was on O'Malley. And it was just an all-time moment. You go back and listen to it just on the broadcast. The place is going insane. Like, it was as loud as you could ever imagine. He hops right over the cage, and he's just looking into the stands. Like, yeah, like, he first he knocks him out, and he just walks around the cage looking at all the people. Like, yeah, man, like, I am, I'm him. Like, I, I am him. I said what I, what I was going to do, and I fucking did it. And you got to admire that, man. Like, that's kind of what made me be a fan of McGregor in the beginning because he kind of he carried himself with that confidence. And he said what he was going to do, and then he went out and did it. You know, he wasn't just all talk back then. He was literally all, like, talk and action. And the thing that yep. pissed people off was that he was backing it up every time he went in there. So, uh, I mean, I, how can you not, like, how can you not at least have that respect for this guy now? Because... Even the guys who were all hating on him, calling him a fraud going into this can't really say anything because he did what no one else could do at 35, and that was put ba- put Sterling down on his face, man. Yep. Put him out. I mean, did that cut. He hit him he hit him once right on that on that eye above his eyebrow. Cut him up cut his eyebrow bad. Yeah. And you saw him leaking like when he landed before he landed that big overhand right ground and pound shot that pretty much led him to go into the terrible position. I thought it was a great stoppage, like timing wise from Mark Goddard, he stepped in right when Aljo went to like give his back up and turtle. 
Um, and then when he stepped in, of course, Aljo was like, no, you know, looked like he was going to be uh, able yeah. to defend. That that happens all the time. Anytime somebody sees somebody like defend themselves after their stoppage, it's yeah, that's because they stopped it. If they didn't stop it, you would have got hit in the fucking face and you would have probably went out very, very clean. Um, I mean, did you see Fighter Row look great? Uh, Alex oh, Pereira was there, you know, no emotion. no emotion at all. That shit's so funny. Um, <laughs> Bilal Muhammad was there. Who was losing their mind? Who, who couldn't believe it? Corey Sanhagen. He had just this look of awe on his face. So, very cool to see. I think he's very well liked. Um, and I think he's just... I, I think Cheeto should be next. I think every, I think a lot of people should should want to see that. I think they both want it. Like, you know, now that Sean won the title, I think... I don't know if you can call the shots necessarily, but he's pretty much had, like... He, he's been in uh, Dana White's good graces pretty much since the beginning, I think. So, um, yeah, I think Cheeto should be next. I think that would be a really good rematch, honestly. The problem with Cheeto is he just is is a little – he's just too laid back. Like, not even just in the first round. Just in general, he's too much a counterpuncher. And he, he's not even necessarily a great – he is a very good counterpuncher, but uh, he's got so much p- pressure and power and just like – force when he comes forward you know he's he's got so many weapons kicks punches he'd be so much better i thought he'd be able to like possibly finish pedro or make him more you know, a wider victory in some people's eyes not the judges they all had 30 27 um but either way i think sean stops him honestly um i think he's just too accurate too good of a great of a striker to lose anybody at this point maybe and the kind of fight that that's going to be it seems like it would play right into his his, you know, his ballpark kind of, and I don't, you know, I, I know he lost that first one and it was kind of somewhat of a freak thing. We didn't really get an accurate depiction, I think, of what that fight should have looked like or what it could have looked like because, I mean, his his leg was pretty much compromised, what, you know, yeah, two, like a minute, two minutes. Yeah, minute. like it, it felt like it was a very quick sort of thing. And not and to he say... he lasted like a, a, a while just on one leg. Like, yeah. I remember at one point he's... Hopping around and trying to throw strikes off the cage, and then I know people are going to say when he went to the ground, he had a, he ate, he ate a couple elbows, and he did. They were they were pretty strong. Uh, I don't think he was ready to go out. I think he was ready to quit because his leg was pretty fucked up. Like he didn't he didn't want to fight with it, obviously. And that was also what three years ago, right? Yeah. Almost three years ago to the day. Um, and it was less than a year ago when he fought. Um, who did he fight last? Peter Jan. Um, yeah. His takedown defense has looked a lot better since then. He's made so many improvements in such little time, honestly. And, uh, you know, I guess they're going to push for Murad, but also I don't know how much time he has at, at 135. Like, I don't think he's going to be there long. He puts on a lot of weight just like Aljo does. Like, they were having a race after the uh, after weigh yeah. to see who can, who can get bigger. And they were, they were in, like, the 150, 160 range, man. So I don't know. Like, I know Sean's 28, still young, but... Um, I don't know how many years, like three, four years he has at the division until he has to move up. Uh, and then we'll, he's going to fight Ilya Taporia for the 145 belt in 2026. Mark there you go. Downs. Eventually when Volk uh, steps away and decides yes. to give his belt to Ilya as opposed to him taking it. Now, you know what, honestly? When he hands it to him after getting kneed in the face, I think, <laughs> uh, and he's out cold for three hours, and then he, when he wakes up, I think he's going to give it to him. Yes. Nah, yes. I, dude, that fight, that's another one that's going to be on the horizon that's like – 
That's going to be uh, – I mean, there's a, oh, another underdog, baby. Let's bet on as soon as these odds come out. In the last like calendar year, the amount of people who've lost their belts who've gotten put to sleep, that's like somebody tweeted, <laughs> like uh, the champ, like watching a champion get finished is like the cra- like a long-term champion is like crazy. Like watching yep. Sterling get finished like that is like wild. Watching Usman get his head kicked Valentina. was insane. Yes, Valentina getting subbed. You're like, what? Amanda Nunes getting Julian, Juliana Pena'd. You're like, dude, this is insane, man. This is because they're almost always minus two fifty, three hundred favorites, yep. and you never and see mo- it coming. Like almost get finished. Always yeah. get finished. Uh, when I guess when who? Else, what else happened recently? Uh, um, it wasn't a finish, but uh, Marino losing yeah. to Pantoja. So, yeah, man, yeah. Uh, we might have one. We might have a, uh, another one coming up. I'm not sure, but. We, we might. See. We might. Sean Strickland's going to be the new uh, Mill. I mean, they're, if they're ever going to fix a fight, if they're going to do a, a Montreal <laughs> screw job sort of thing in the <laughs> UFC, it's going to be that night to make sure that Sean Strickland doesn't represent this company as a champion. Like that, that would be worst case scenario for them. Uh, we're going to talk about that down the road. But if you have any closing remarks? I mean, he wins, kind of calls out Cheeto, but like not really. Uh, I mean, it's kind of he. He said in December that was like the next move. I don't know if that's going to be the quick turnaround that we hope. Him and it Connor is. on the same card. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, there are, Connor's already saying he's not going to fight that night again, so he backed out again oh, uh, because they're, they're not going to let me fight. But uh, I think the UFC yeah, is actually should. truly concerned about him testing positive and then missing another year on top of whatever he has missed. So. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I mean, really would. I would just hope he gets off the juice. That's probably your best bet, right? I mean, just stop taking I steroids. I, I, I like yeah. <laughs> just enter the use of the testing pool. I don't even know if he's gonna fight, man. I don't, I don't know at this point. Like Chandler's got to fight somebody, yeah. man. Like I yeah, would I mean, wait. That's for such him, a big. But... Pay- if I was Chandler, I'd wait because that's such a big payday, yeah, man. Like, you know, if you lose, if you lose before you fight Connor, like you're, it's not the same. So I, I would just wait and be like, listen, any any time in twenty twenty four. You want to do this? It'll be a big event, you know. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. They said it seems like they're pushing. Like a, a lot of people are seeing it, are saying that that's like it's getting close. It's getting close. But how long have we been, have we been hearing that about Connor? So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind sure. of uh, checked out of the whole Connor thing. As much as I love him, I just don't care. I really, I, I don't. In, so you're you're leaving your allegiance and trading it in for an Ian Machado Gary. Banner. Fuck no. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> you know, we will definitely get to that. But I am so excited that Sean O'Malley did that. I am so excited that he made all those people who smugly – and this is the thing. You can think a guy's going to win. There's nothing wrong with that. But smugly acting like there's no chance that the other guy can win has always just pissed me off because no, no one knows. None of you know. Stop acting like you know. Like this shit is so unpredictable. You have no clue what's going to happen when these fights happen you're just guessing like the rest of us. So stop acting like, you know, oh, there's no chance he's going to ragdoll him. He's going to fucking smash his face. He's going to take him down and submit him. None of that happened, okay? So you all look like morons, all of you with your fucking Islam Makachev, uh, you know, profile pictures and your fucking, <laughs> you know, weird Russian fucking, you know, done, all right? All you, all you grapple-heavy weirdos. You're going to have to take this L for the week because your boy got put down on his face. And that's that. Bang. I just wanted to make sure we said that. Uh, me and you, you hit plus 360 on the TKO. I hit uh, a little plus 210 on the money line. Also, also dabbled with the TKO in my uh, personal life. I uh, couldn't. I, I thought about 
uh, hedging a little bit and taking a little Sterling, uh, you know, decision or something like that. But uh, my I, roommate mom, mom ain't raising round no two for him or just for, yeah, for nine fifty for O'Malley or yeah, good for him, man. That's he just went out on a whim and put it put a hundred on. I was like, all right, yeah, he did it because I told him he would do it, but I didn't tell him round two, so I I, I deserved ten percent at least, but that's fine. Oh, O'Malley putting him down though that that will be an all time moment that I never forget in, yeah. in UFC and MMA like that it, it makes everything watching the sport worth it whether I'm a fan of him or not it's the same thing I probably felt and if I didn't say it about the Leon Edwards and uh, Usman fight because I think we I think I lost money for sure and we were talking about betting the other side but it didn't matter because it was just so awesome to watch a crazy moment like that where a guy just realizes his dream he. You now proves all the haters and doubters wrong, and he, you know, he takes care of business. He, he. I mean, O'Malley truly did. Not a lot of people were giving him uh, any chance in this fight, and, nope. and he kind of, you know, back to back fights. You know, same thing with the Yon fight. You know, that was closer than this. Uh, you know, he proved them wrong. So, congratulations. Also forgot to mention Good. that Marab had surgery uh, yeah. at the end of May on his hands. So. He's probably out for the rest of this year, but that doesn't matter because he's not getting this next fight anyway. And I love it because I hate him. Exactly, and that seems like that's the the you know the the conversation at least surrounding this. It's kind of going to be Cheeto. I know Cejudo's going to try and get his name in there because he's an attention whore. He absolutely is. He always has been. But uh, you know, it, it's all it's going to kind of be up to O'Malley. Uh, O'Malley is that kind of superstar where he can say what he wants, and the UFC is going to kind of try and help him out as much as they can because he's a cash cow. You saw the UFC put the full fight or the full second round and end of the fight on YouTube immediately after the fight. They don't really do that. You know, like they don't Never. They don't let you show the finish on ESPN after the fights because they kind of want you to, I guess, buy it or – like I don't get the reasoning. <laughs> yeah, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. No one's going to buy something they already know the uh, results to, but – what a what a what an event! What a night, man! Uh, what a cap to the night! We're gonna go through the rest of these fights that happened on Saturday night, but it was just an awesome, awesome way to end it. And shout out the Sugar Show, the Sugar Era is here, the new UFC bantamweight champion of the world, man. Uh, somebody who <laughs> is not gonna be a new champion is Amanda Lemos, who, at the very least, you can't question her heart. She got the bejesus beat out of her for. 25 minutes on Saturday night, and I think she landed a few shots, but this is one of the biggest discrepancies in UFC history, especially in a title fight for strikes, I believe, significant strikes, which I think Whaley, I think she had, like, what, 250 or so? Like, it was something absolutely ridiculous number. You're usually the numbers guy, but... 163 I mean, significant, 200, okay. 296 That's what it was. total. That's insane. Um, <laughs> she outstruck her. 163 to 24 significant strikes in total, 296 to 29. Six of seven takedowns, 16 minutes of control. Uh, I mean, she just put numbers up on her. The first round, 44 to one. <laughs> fifth, fifth round was 55 to one. Uh, in total strikes, 114 to one in the fifth round. I mean, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. She was just breaking. I mean, one of the judges. Was like, you know what? I'm just going to give her two 10-8s. So that's why you saw 50 to 43. Um, I think the other fellas, it was 50, 40, 50, 45, 50, 43, 50, 44, I think. Um, yeah, Sal Diamato, he had enough. He gave two 10-8s out, which was good for him. <laughs> Nick Mahmood, 
Who? Never heard of him. He gave the fourth round to Amanda Lemos. There you go. Um, Always somebody like that. I mean, that was the one of the closer round, rounds, I guess, right? It was It was the closer round. It was the closest. Um, she got outstruck 28 to 13, and she got taken down and controlled for a minute. She almost but had she that dart. For, she went for some kind of like choke, yeah, front choke, but um, I don't think it's enough to win a round. No. Anyway, anyway, Mr. Nick Mamu will not be doing it quite soon, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Whaley just put numbers on the board, man. Just absolutely dismantled her. Uh, didn't give her any room to breathe at all. I mean, her takedowns, just her overall strength. She's so strong and just like a just a big weight bully, but she's so like technical now too in every different facet of the game. She reminds me a lot of Volk, uh, but in the women's uh, side of things. Like she's very strong. She's gotten very – she's adjusted. Like she has improved so much even when she's at her elite status. She's still getting better. You know, she got out grappled by Rose and lost that fight. Very arguable, but – Still lost, and she came back, submitted Carla, and now she's taking down Amanda Lemos at will. Uh, just kind of beating her, just beating her down, really, um, until she quits. And she didn't quit. She got one takedown in each round, two in the second, um, and that was pretty much all she needed. Um, like I said, six to seven, 16 minutes of control, which is just an insane oh, number. Man. She had almost, almost had four minutes of control in three different rounds, had three minutes of control basically in three of the rounds. Uh, or four, I'm sorry, of the rounds. Um, so yeah, I mean, Amanda Lemos just never really was able to get her game. A couple times she threw, she, she landed like a nice uh, one-two, or landed a couple of good right right hands. Uh, I believe that was like the second and the uh, the third and the fourth. But that's that's all she could do. It's all she could muster up. So absolute blowout. Yeah, I mean, this is as lopsided as you can get without actually finishing somebody. Uh, and, and you got to give Amanda Lemos that. So, somewhat of credit for just outlasting this fight because uh, uh, you know a lesser lady would have uh, rolled over, gave her neck up, or you know there's many ways you can get out of a fight. She had her she had her back taken. She was you know I mean I mean she and but she did almost have that Darcy that I think it was the first round or you know early on in that fight. It wasn't necessarily going to be finished, or, I mean, you know, the way she had it, she didn't really have, like, the legs trapped or anything like that, but it was like, whoa, like, you know, for a second, you're like, damn, like, Whaley don't look like she's uh, having too much fun in this position, so it was, uh, you know, it had its little moments, but it really was a, a one-sided just beatdown by Whaley, and I think you said, like, she kind of has that... Excuse me, Volkanovsky, somewhat of, uh, you know, like domination, like just really how do you beat her unless you kind of get lucky. And she's been beaten before as we, you know, we've seen from Rose. Rose is kind of her kryptonite in a sense. But she, uh, I mean, she looked as dominant as you possibly can. And uh, unless somebody like Tatiana Suarez, she could be next, man. And if you look at I'll the I'll tell names, you who's next. Jan Janan is what you're going to say. Jan Janan. But I think she has a fight <laughs> coming up, doesn't she? I believe so, but uh, I mean, what do I know? I'm just uh, she's yeah. coming off a decimation of uh, Jessica Andrade. Uh, yeah, put your hands did. up if you had money on her. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if she has a a fight coming up. Yan Zhaonan. But uh, she should probably fight. Her. I mean, it would be a all Chinese affair. That would be huge. You can do that in China. Yeah, you can do that in Vegas. I guess. I mean, there's a big Chinese uh, population in Vegas. I think. Um, I'm trying to think of where else. When I was in Boston, I was in Chinatown, and even outside of Chinatown, there was a lot of um, Asian people in Boston. So I figured 
she'd be kind of popular there. And if I remember correctly on the embedded episode, she seemed to be very popular when people saw her out. So, I mean, she's like very popular among the fighters. She's just a sweet, she seems like just a cool ass, nice chick. Her English has gotten a lot better. Yep. Um, I think her and Jan, Jan would also just stylistically be a great matchup. I don't know who. Like, Jan Janan has gotten so much better since that Carla. Remember, Carla Sparza beat the brakes off her. Yeah. Um, I was, that was one of those fights. I'm like, yeah, Carla's going to get fucking smoked. And she comes out here and just shuts me up. But I think now Jan would destroy her. So that's be, that would be a good one. They, would make, they should make that next and then have Tatiana wait in the wings because I think she might, maybe one more fight. She might need, you know, just another warm up, a step up. But, I mean, she's, she's probably ready too. So some good matchmaking to come up. You can't do that fight not in Beijing. Like that, yeah. that has to be, I believe that's where she fought uh, Jessica Andrade, where she won her belt. That was nuts. That crowd was going crazy. It was like, what, 8 a.m. or some shit? Or yeah. Noon? They went, uh, it was um, not Beijing. It was Shenzhen, China. So you, you can do it anywhere in China pretty much, and yeah. that's going to be a big mo. Like, you know, they had uh, the leech on that card. Uh, you know, Keenan Song got a win against Derek Krantz <laughs> on that card. So, uh, yeah. Song Kanan, baby. Seeing Gary's kryptonite. I, I think you do Yan Zhanan, and I, if you're going to do that, then you have to do it there. Uh, if not, I think you run Tatiana Suarez next. But Yan Zhanan does not have a fight lined up, uh, according to right. Wikipedia. So let's uh, get usually it popping. Trust them, but yeah, great win for Wei we- Li. She looked dominant, and I truly don't know how you beat her unless you just put her lights out. That seems like the only way to really, you know, and that that decision against Good Rose luck. was kind of questionable as well. Uh, you know, it was a split yeah. decision, really. Right down the middle, and you don't, you know, we don't know if we're ever going to see Rose again. You never, you really just don't know. Pat Barry could ever locked up in a in a cabinet somewhere. We don't know. We don't know. I'm being serious. Allegedly, you don't know. But uh, how about Ian Machado, Gary? Man, I'd say uh, from a from a P, not even a PR, but a fan, uh, you know, like popularity standpoint, kind of a rough week for Ian. Uh, he, he takes a Hardcore stance on not beating your child, which okay, like everyone's cool with that. But he like he went like really hardcore. He was annoying at the press conference. He kept talking over Neil because he's not allowed to talk because he should sit there, shut the fuck up, and you know he sounded like a Connor, like fucking like you, uh, Connor you bought at the dollar store who just won't shut up. And I mean he's thirteen and zero now. Like, you know, I, I going into the fight, you knew that this was kind of going to be the way. I had decision and it was a real shaky. I had to sweat this one out because Neil Magny uh, apparently has no idea how to fight Southpaw and has no idea how to check a leg kick because he just kept getting his shit chewed apart for the entire fight, it seemed. And Ian Gary couldn't finish him, didn't even really come all that close to finishing him. Uh, that's just no. that's the one thing that you can knock against Ian Gary is that he doesn't really have that like finisher instinct sort of thing in him. I know he, you know, he's coming off of two straight finishes, but uh, you know, it took him, it took him what, almost 15 minutes to finish uh, Song Kanong. And he, you know, he caught uh, Daniel Rodriguez and that was kind of a good matchup for him. But, you know, we saw Gabe Green and we saw Darian Weeks. Uh, you know, he, he gets hit sometimes. He didn't really get hit all that much in this fight. So I guess that's a positive, yeah, but Neil Magny just, he looked terrible. He's cooked. Yeah. Um, I mean, and he took this on short notice. He, he, yeah, I, we this went exactly how that. I thought it would, but yeah. Um, sh- also, shout out to uh, David Ginsburg. Never heard of him. Yeah, he had this fight. He he said, you know what? I'm gonna give ten eights in every round. So he gave uh, 
He gave three ten eights out in this fight. I mean, sure. I mean, honestly, who cares? I guess Whatever. I don't think the first. I don't think the first or second round really should have been ten eights. I mean, the first round was thirty three to twenty two. He outstruck him. <laughs> um. But whatever. I mean, you know, Neil uh, Neil Mackey didn't really offer up much of anything. <laughs> guy thought he um, was. He was the guy thought he was judging boxing. He thought he saw somebody fall yeah, down. He was like, like oh. ten eight. Yeah, yeah, people kept saying seeing these like knockdowns from leg kicks. Like, I, I don't know if I like. Do you call them knockdowns? They, none of them were officially ruled a knockdown because, like, knock. I don't know. I don't know if it matters if it's to the head or to the body or to the legs. But he just, you know, his, his legs are very skinny for 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 one. Uh, and for two, I guess he doesn't know how to check them. And um, honestly, dude, I thought Ian Gary didn't look that great. I thought he, you know, kind of did what he wanted to, but he could have done what he wanted to. Like, he, there was not much resistance. He closed range with ease. I mean, Neil Magny let him close range. Neil Magny isn't good at distance, so it's he has that six inch reach advantage for no reason. Uh, I thought Ian Gary was probably the better grappler. I mean, you saw at the end of the at the end of the fight, he almost had like a submission attempt ish, right? So like. I don't know, man. I, I think he's done this before. He kind of just like stays on the outside too much. I don't want to say he. I don't even know what he does. Like took him forever, like you said against Song Kanan. Um, D Rod's just, just too slow. Very ma good matchup for him. Um, the Weeks and Green fight, just a lot of the, the Darian Weeks fight was really brutal. Just yeah. a lot of waiting, a lot of waiting. Remember the Jordan Williams fight? He was, he was getting hit a couple times, and he was waiting and waiting at the very. But one second left in the round, he fucking one-punched him. So I, I think he has some talent. I think he is possibly improving. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I think we've yet to see him in a legit matchup. I think people wanted the D-Rod fight to be one of those tests. I don't think it was a good test at all. The song, can, the Keenan Song fight wasn't supposed to be a test, but it was. You know, he almost had Ian Gary cold. So uh, the next fight has to be a test. I think that Je Jeff Neal would have looked – I mean, he would have gave such a better – Fight because I mean, dude, Neil Magny wasn't even throwing head strikes like nothing that would land. No, Jeff Neal th throws fucking bombs. Like the problem is he he might have been stopped, but that's why that matchup would have been much much better. So um, I don't know if you want to rebook that or you just maybe book a little higher. Uh, look at the rankings. Like he tried yeah, to do know. Wonder Boy. They apparently Wonder Boy already turned that down, which is uh, kind of questionable. But whatever, I guess I can see it. I, you know, I don't know. Ian Gary's thirteenth right now. It's probably got, I oh, I think I saw somebody say he should fight Kevin Holland, but I thought Kevin Holland had a fight. No, I mean he was supposed to. Uh, he apparently is done with one seventy. That's the the conversation. I mean that's at least what he Brutal. said. Which I yeah, we talked about that in his last fight. We were just like, I mean, are you kidding me? I can't believe you're. Uh, you look so good. He is fighting Jack Della Maddalena, by the way. That's oh yeah. So I guess he's not done completely with one seventy. Uh, yeah, anytime he says anything. All right, so Ian Gary should take Magny's number. Honestly, he should fight Luke. Luke just got a win. Um, you know, I think they're going to want to slow play Ian Gary a little bit. He's only 25. Uh, I know his wife's about 40, but still. Crazy. Um, <laughs> she, she looks good, though. I can't, I can't be too mad. I hate. Except for, you know, except for the whole, you know. Do you remember? So I forgot this happened. Do you remember he tried being Ian Gary Machado? Because I do. And I completely forgot I did. I did. No, I, maybe he was, maybe he I do, but he was Ian Gary Machado, and then like no, 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 we're doing this, we're doing Ian Machado Gary. So anyway, this guy, um, you want to talk about cringe? We talked about cringe with the the. the I just sent you, know. you the video of him imitating Connor like 
you know, it's funny because Connor on the Ultimate Fighter told Michael Chandler, "You'll do what you're told." And then at the press conference, he says to Neil Magny the same thing. I'm like, oh man, he 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 was watching that, wrote it down, and couldn't wait to fucking unleash it on him. Very, like you said, very very cringy. I don't think he, I I think he thinks he has the world by the ball, being this big Irish star. But I don't I don't think that's true at all. Well, like him, like saying like that, it really pissed me off that he acted like people were coming to this fight to watch him. And I get that that's like the thing you say, you know, but right, like it just is like, dude, come on, man. Like just there's ways to promote fights without being a, a, an ego, statistical, like uh, delusional douchebag, which is basically what he came off of as this week. It just seemed like. I, he got on my nerves by the end of it. At the weigh-ins, he's, like, standing on the stage acting like people are, like, there to see him fight. Like, I mean... Yeah, like, I don't think he realized Sean O'Malley made people forget that the Ian Gary fight happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so I definitely agree 100% with, with everything. And, and he had a guy on one leg for seven minutes, and he couldn't get him out of there. Like, that's yep. the thing that you need to be like, well, maybe you're... Not as, you know, in, in order to be a star, man, you have to put people to sleep. Not all the time, but you have to be, you know, at a consistent basis pretty much putting people to sleep. And, yep. and it just seems like, you know, he has put people to sleep before, but these last couple times out, you know, uh, well, not even last couple times, just this time out, it was a, it, it didn't look good. He One of those guys where you win and you're like, he dominated. I'm not going to take that sure. away from him. But, again, it, like you said, if, if Jeff Neal was in there, I think we'd be feeling a little bit different, and I think we'd be a little yep. bit more like, "Wow, what what a performance!" Can't I would wait to see him in him. there. Rebook that. I Rebook say. that. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's eighth. Uh, I mean, listen. Somebody said, "Hey, let's let's feed Ian Gary to Shafkat." I'm like, "Oh, I would love for that to happen," <laughs> but we're not. Unfortunately, Shafkat has bigger things uh, on the horizon. Like, hopefully, winning the belt before the year's up. Like I said, I, I uh, shot my shot with that one way back That's in right. January. So, um, I also, I don't, did I shoot my shot with O'Malley? I feel like I might have. I'll have to go back and find that page, but, uh, I, I think Maybe. I wanted to. I think, I think the one I took was Islam to be the champion at the end of 23. Well, that would not happen because, uh, we know Oliveira's coming for him. Honestly, I hope so because I, I love, I love Oliveira and I, I love Charles. Charles said a, a champion like that, <laughs> a champion like that losing would be is huge. Just huge moment, big moment. One of the moments you were where you were when Izzy got knocked out by Pereira, when Kamara got knocked out by Edwards, uh, and then when Alger got face planted by Sugar Sean. You have Rachmanov to be the champion plus eight hundred. I have Islam to be the champ in twenty twenty three, and Hamzat, which that's not going to happen because apparently uh, I don't even know where the guy, the guy is fights anymore. once a year, so that's that's an L. <laughs> Uh, mark that down. But uh, he's got a girl. He's got one of his trainers, uh, one of his partners, or uh, one of the people he trains with. I should say in Sweden. She's fighting on the Contender Series tomorrow night. So watch out for Miss Newton. All right. So I might have to unload in the, into the old uh, DraftKings account or whatever uh, <laughs> book you decide to use. How about Mario Bautista? Really, I think he looked good on Saturday night. Uh, Demond Blackshear put it on him. Not necessarily put it on him, but uh, you know. Tried to press the wrestling and, and kind of push the pace on him early on in this fight, but it seemed like like we talked about going into this. I wish I would have bet it because it kind of felt like this would happen. That cutting weight like that two two weeks in a row, uh, you know, and then with the style that Blackshear fights, which is kind of just a wrestle pressure, 
cardio heavy. Uh, you know, he kind of started to fade later on in the fight, and smartly, Bautista kept pushing it all back on him, and not only just striking, but trying to grapple with him and take him down. And he had a couple of sweet takedowns, man. But it, uh, you know, I think it was a good win for Mario Bautista, and it's a shame he didn't get to knock out Cody Garbrandt. Oh man, I know that's what we really want to see, but. <laughs> Yeah, Blackshear's a tough. He's a tough out for guys, man. Like coming back and looking as sharp as he did, I don't. You know, there was a thirty twenty seven, uh, thirty twenty seven in there, which I thought was a little crazy. But yeah, each round was close, so I guess I can see how you gave Batista the slight edge in each of them. But I think specifically the first round, I thought Blackshear did really yeah. well, held his own, or maybe it was the second because he, he got take. Yeah, no, it was the first because he had first. four take. He had four takedowns of his own. Yeah, and had two and a half minutes of control and outstruck him. Um, and then he st- like you said, started to wear down a little bit. I mean, I told a, I told a friend of mine who had, who had black share in a parlay. I was like, ah, I wouldn't do that. Like, I know you want to go with the dog here tonight, but only one, only two dogs won. No, he's not, it's just a tough situation. Um, like he, he made it, he made it interesting. Like he's probably a tough, he's one of those guys who I think is going to be a tough fight for a lot of different fighters. Uh, but unfortunately that leads to a lot of like, you know, narrow losses like I think this was. And Batista's a fucking – he's so tough to deal with on the feet and on the ground. You know, like he, he'll jab you. He'll, um, you know, walk you down and be the aggressor so he has you going backwards. Just, just, he just does things, throws kicks low, goes high. He does things that just wear you down. And then in the third round, he'll take you down. And then you're like, fuck, man, I didn't know you could do that. So yeah. he's also another guy at 135. That's a very, very tough out. Um and uh, yeah, good good win. Yeah, I he just he kind of showed that he's the full package on Saturday night. Like he can do it all, and he's not gonna like you said, not gonna be an easy out, not gonna be easy just to fight in general. It, it, I was very impressed with his uh, performance, and Blackshear's not easy. Like he and I, I leave this fight kind of with both guys' stock going up, and like Blackshear is a savage for even taking this fight on that short notice. He help, you know, helps the UFC out and I'm sure they'll help him out in return. So he he's a guy who's not, you know, if you are a striker and not really in tune with your wrestling game, he's going you're going to get tested if you fight Demon Blackshear. So I think uh, you know, and he is a he, he's kind of a weird sort of build for 35. He's a long rangey guy who can wrestle, takes your back, you know, he's got all sorts of submissions in his bag. It's just, you know, I'm very I'm very impressed with both of these guys. So it was a good win for Mario. Easy parlay piece as well. Yeah. Uh, how about Ma- Marlon Vera, man? Cheeto Vera with a unanimous decision victory. I thought this fight was probably a 29-28 or a 30. You know, I guess you could argue 30-27, but I had uh, Munoz win in the first round and then Cheeto Vera win in the last two, even though I, I really, like I said, that first round kind of in typical Cheeto Vera fashion can always go either way. So when I'm betting Cheeto, I always assume he just lost the first round. Um, yeah. But Cheeto started to pop that jab. He was doing all sorts of work with those straight shots, which I love. I love his boxing and his just striking game. He just, he'll check all kicks. He's standing right in front of you, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do, apparently, to back him up. Uh, he looked awesome. He really did on uh, Saturday night. So uh, just a shame that that version of him doesn't show up every time. Yeah, Pedro was doing more. It's kind of what he does every fight, just leg kicks, leg kicks, and that's how he tries to, you know, win point fights. And sometimes it doesn't work because, um, you know, you pretty much go by damage and 
striking effectiveness. And I think, you know, when you go to the, the head is more effective and scores more than going to the legs. It's just a fact. And Cheeto looked just, he was, you know, snapping his head back with jabs. He bloodied his nose very early, yeah. I think, in the first round. And, like, that matters, man. Like, you know, I'm not saying low kicks don't matter, but, like, he wasn't debilitating uh, Cheeto at all. Like, Cheeto was checking a lot of those kicks. I know it says Pedro landed 40 to 41. I, I don't even know if that's true, man. Like, I feel like 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 strike totals are not always that accurate. I feel like Cheeto definitely checked more than one of them. There was one in the second round where he just – you heard it. You heard the sound of him checking it. Um, and then he has nasty kicks himself. He mixes up, goes high, goes low, goes high, goes um, to the body. And yeah, I thought he's just, he won pretty much every striking exchange. He landed some nice hooks, good counter. Uh, he's good going forward. Um, good one, two when he throws just a little bit lower of volume. And like you said, slower starter. Like he threw 66 strikes in the first, 84 in the second, 101 in the third. So picks it up as the fight goes on. Um, but yeah, each round was very close. I still thought, still thought he won. Uh, just, just did much more, especially in that third round. He started to really bust up, bust yeah. up both eyes and different two parts of the nose. Like he was, Pedro's going to need some time to, to ice his face, pretty much. I'd say after this fight, Pedro was wearing it towards the end of this fight, and uh, I guess we'll, we'll we already talked about it, so we'll see what's next with Cheeto. He could be fighting for the title next. Just kind of gets that. Easy in with the win over the champion, and he, the champion always wants to get that back. So, yeah, uh, I guess we'll see what's next. I'm not going to spend too much time, but I guess with Munoz, you really just he kind of just sits where exactly where he was, just in that sort of holding pattern. The bottom half of the uh, rankings, just kind of guys like Umar and you know the up and comers are going to have to fight him to get to the top ten. That's what it, I say. Saying. Jonathan Martinez is next. Yeah, I hope so, man. That would be awesome. That'd be a really good one. Uh, test the young buck. Jonathan Martinez is another guy who loves kicking, really loves throw kicks. Uh, if you want to ma- match Pedro up with Adrian Yanez, that could be a banger, but I think he might I think he might beat Yanez. I don't know. But um, 135 looking good, man. Umar 11, Ricky Simona 12, Chris Gutierrez at 15. Like some, some very good like all-around talent, I would say, in that division. And a lot of exciting matchups, uh, wrestler, striker sort of things going on there. So it's going to be... 35 always, I mean, pretty much 35 to like 70 is always just bangers for the most part. Yep. Uh, you know, besides and obviously I think 185 it, uh, sucks. Yeah, well, it just, you know, once it gets up to the higher weight classes, it seems like the skill level, especially at the lower half of the rankings, seems to really wane, you know. So, uh, awesome win for Cheeto. Uh, you know, tough, tough loss. Like you said, I'd like to see Pedro take some time off to kind of just recover, but... Dominic Ray is still ranked at light heavyweight, by the way. Yeah, I'd like to see him get back in there soon. But, uh, just to fucking, you know, we need something. We need to either fight or you know, shit or get off the pot, I guess, is the uh, Let's get another TKO uh, Oh, come on. Come on. He is the true red bantamweight go, by the way. That people try to just act like that didn't happen. But how about Brad Tavares taking care of Chris Weidman in uh, – Somewhat brutal, not even really brutal, it was a decision, but uh, you could tell Chris Weidman's leg was in shambles, and it's tough to see a guy who just came off of his leg exploding from underneath of him, uh, getting leg kicked and you know tear- tearing ligaments in his knee, which is Dana White said he had tore his ACL or LCL. He didn't know which CL he did, but uh, you know a guy who just came back from all that leg stuff, you know, coming back out and getting hurt again. You could just tell... The game has somewhat passed Chris Weidman by, and uh, you know, not even necessarily the game; it's just more his body is just not there anymore. 
And uh, unfortunately, you know, he, he doesn't have it anymore. And Dana call from the retire, I would agree with that. There's just really no – you have nothing left to prove. You have put on some some of the greatest fights in UFC history, and you have one of the greatest moments in UFC history. So, really, you have nothing left to prove, and there's no reason to put your body through all this again. And hopefully he has enough money to kind of just, you know, do something else, man, because it's, uh, it's a dangerous game getting in that cage. And uh, Brad Tavares, you know, he looked, he looked good, but he should look good against Chris Weidman. Yeah, Chris Wyman, what a sad story. Like, I know a lot of people kind of, you know, will have moments of success and then it'll be gone quickly, but his prime did not last long. I mean, no. he beat Anderson Silva in uh, 2013, right around when we graduated, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, then he fought him again and he broke his leg and people were like, ah, okay, that's weird. And then he obviously beats Machida easily, smokes Vitor, and then looks decent against Luke Rockhold until that one moment where he throws a spinning back heel kick, gets caught, gets his back taken, gets dragged down to the ground, absolutely fucking abs- just shelled, just hit with he mortar was shots. Bad Rockwell. in that, man. And that was the end of his life. His, his life. <laughs> that was the end of his, uh, his prime, pretty much, because then Yoel Romero smoked him, Gegard Mousasi smoked him, Jacare Souza in a fight I had Chris Weidman money line. All he needed to do was win, and he was winning. Starts getting smoked in the third round and loses, gets dropped, and, you know, that's it. Dominic Reyes beat goes the up to two hundred five. He gets beat up. Yeah, like yeah. you're right. He moves back down, breaks his leg, and then yeah, this fight his good leg is the one that got fucking kicked out from under him, and he had to use his bad leg as the lead leg. But um, so that was weird. He landed like a couple right hands that got the crowd excited, and I think he might have like, rocked Tavares a little bit, uh, but he had um, not really many moments in this fight at all. Uh, very sad. Just. There's nothing. There's nothing left in that tank. I don't think. Like you know, if if he's going to keep doing, it, if he goes out there again, he's going to get put out by somebody like Brad Tavares. Is like three knockouts in his career. You know, like not that he doesn't hit hard. He just doesn't. He's very low value. He's very to throw leg kicks. You know, so and he, he was throwing low kicks. leg kicks too. Like it wasn't just <laughs> like let me touch you. It was like I'm trying to take your leg off of your body. Kicks. I almost did. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, That's pretty much it. I saw some people saying that the downfall of Chris Weidman started around the time of the introduction of the USADA. So I'm not, that is not yeah. for my, uh, that is not for me to sit here and interpret. But for all you people out there, you guys can do your own <laughs> research and uh, figure out if that's accurate. But it's tough. I, it's tough to see the All American go down like that. I tried to tell my, my boy was going to the uh, fight. Shout out to Tony. Went up to Boston. Sheesh. And uh, he was taking Chris Weidman money line. I said, listen, man, I know. I know the fan in you wants to. But maybe just watch the fight then. Maybe just stay away. You know, stay off of the uh, sports book if you're going to uh, be, you know, thinking about wagering on Chris Weidman because it's over. You know, we, we, we talked about it last week. It's really crazy that he didn't TKO him or just get him out of there. But that kind of will, you know, that'll be on the list of next time Brad Tavares gets in there where I'm like, hey, you know, you couldn't even finish Chris Weidman. That'll be the first thing I say. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Or his lunch. Yeah, or, you know, someone's going to finish the lunch. Uh, Gregory Rodriguez finished his lunch on uh, Saturday (laughs) night. He took out Dennis Tullian with, uh, you know, with pretty much ease. Uh, Went to the takedown, got his back, you know, was in full mount, then got his back. And started lowering hammer elbows on the back of his head. And DC was right. Man. <laughs> Those things were on the back of his fucking head. 
Yeah, and he said after the fight, he's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, oh, buddy. Buddy, like, look at it again. Like, there's, listen, I, I get, and, and who was refing that one? It, it was some fucking blowhard. It was some guy I never it was, saw um, before. It was Brian Brian Miner. Exactly. Like, who the fuck are you, man? And, and no offense, man, but who the fuck are you? And he's just letting that shit happen. And I'm glad he's like, yeah, like, TKO. TKO. He got, he was, I mean, he got his shit put out. The first one was bad. Then the second <laughs> one just dribbled his shit off the canvas. And that was it. Robocop back in the W category. But, I mean,. He should. I don't know who decided this was going to be a good matchup uh, in, in, in the war room because Dennis should be gone. Yeah, I mean this guy's like thirteen and nine. He's he's like, he's like in Jimmy Pickett territory, and uh, Greg Rodriguez is closer to being ranked um, than pretty much than being Dennis Tullian. <laughs> yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. Not much really else to say. I mean, I, I had sub, and I wish he would have just sank in a rear naked choke. But he's like, you know what? Let me just. We just kill this guy real quick, <laughs> and um, you know, good for him. Good for him, man. Good win, and uh, RoboCop. I really don't care what they do next. RoboCop is just always going to be a guy that hangs out on these UFC like pay per view cards, and they put him in there, and he just has a savage sort of fight. He's just one of those guys, man. He's always going to have a spot in the UFC as long as he uh, chooses to be there. So, and Dennis, on the other hand, time yeah, to go, well. brother. Time to go. Hey, Time to learn Chinese. Buddy. I hope they can, yeah, get, ready, get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. Uh, or Russian, because apparently you're going to go to Eagle FC soon. You already know it. So, you can um, win the belt over there. I mean, anybody can. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, enjoy. I hope he stays. That's what I was going to say. I hope he stays so that we can continue to cash out uh, Mr. Tululu. Fade train, baby. Fade train. Yeah, what is he? Uh, how many losses in he a row? Only two losses in a row. Okay, so maybe we get one more. Maybe. Yeah, he, <laughs> he beat Jamie Pickett, so he passed that test. I think we might get one more shot. Okay, I like that. If Jamie Pickett's still here, then he should be too. So, yeah. How about how about Kurt Holabaugh, man? It, this was kind of a it was an upset. He was one of the only dogs, right? You said there's two dogs. He was one of them. Him and, him and Sugar Sean, yeah. Who took out? You know, I mean, this fight didn't. I mean, there were portions where he got taken down pretty early on in the first round, and he, yeah. you know, each time he got taken down, though, he was able to get back up. He was. Nasty from the guard, just off of his, you know, with them elbows and those strikes. And Hubbard was doing some good things, but Hollowball, you could tell he was just had more nasty intentions. Oh my god, my voice is starting to go bad here. Yes. Oh, <laughs> well, let me take a little sip of water. Here. Holy shit! But He's starting um, to go. It's pretty much over. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, it's like Chris White. Uh, you know, I don't need to be doing that. But uh, Austin Hubbard, it just—it seems like he is a lay and pray kind of guy, right? Just not yeah. really a finisher, not really a kind of guy who is imposing on the feet or on the ground. You know, I mean, he's on the ground. He's nice. He, he can get you down there, and he, you know, he'll do his little ground and pound. Shout out to the St. Pete's Police in the background. They always make an yeah. appearance. On the, I told on the you, you said they were going to come uh, before the podcast. And right. You said hopefully they should they pull up on the guy playing the guitar. So and now they're they have to ring the sirens to pull up on some guy <laughs> just playing an instrument outside, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, good win for Kurt Hollowell. He, well, I believe, what did he have? And he had all, he went for an armbar, or he reversed. Triangle. Did he get like almost taken down? He, and he um, spun into him or something? It was like a I like believe, a back take sort of. I, I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it a guillotine and they transitioned to a? I think. Yeah, he might have been. He might have been on his back and he flipped him into a triangle. Right? Does that sound right? I think it was like I he like remember. he had his back. 
or, or like Hubbard had his back and he was like, but it was like a lazy sort of takedown where it was like he was just leaning up against the fence. And I think he spun, boom, like tried to get the arm and almost had his arm. And then he like rolled right into a triangle and it was cl- like clean as shit. Like just had it in right oh, away. Okay. Yeah, he, had, he tried to go belly down to an arm bar and then Hubbard flipped off of it and then just landed right in his, in his garden. Yeah, that was nasty, man. Um, I thought I, you know, I thought he was a better boxer, but I honestly didn't know he was the better grappler too, because he 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 sank that bitch in. Um, yeah, good win for Hollaball. Um, he is the older fighter of the two. Yeah, I thought honestly, why not sign Austin Hubbard too? You know, like they did that with the other. Um, yeah, Cody Gibson fighter fight. Yeah, yeah. I was like, honestly, well, you know, Hubbard won the first round, and he, he's not great. I'd honestly rather see him get signed than every single fighter on the uh, contender series every week. You know, so I'm with you on yeah, that. Yeah, good win, good win for Mister uh, Mister Kurt. And how about Brad Katona? Uh, Brad Katona, he gets a uh, win. He, I mean, he, both of these guys showed a lot of heart in this one, man. This was a war, and Katona had like a fucking hematoma sort of, uh, you know, bruise like a like a uh, what's it called a cartoon like bruise on the side of his face. You know, uh, not on the Joanna level, but it was like you could see, like, whoa, yeah. like he looked like he got hit with a fucking hammer. And uh, but he kept he kept fighting, man. Brad Katona is tough, he's small, but he does not quit in these situations. And Co- Cody Gibson is there, same situation, ready to bang. But uh, you know, you could tell he was kind of limited here in this fight. The knee, I don't, I think was a factor. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a hundred percent healed. And uh, you could tell that he hurt his hand or something was going on here in this fight. With Cody Gibson, just seems like a guy who fights so hard, so his body just breaks down as these fights go on. And Brad started to really, you know, he hurt his eye. You saw his eye blow up in that third round. Yeah. And Katona just started to chip him up in that third round. I thought it was one-one going into the third round, and then I think uh, easily, I think Katona pulled away. And uh, I mean, I'm sure yeah. there were some thirty twenty sevens there, which I was like, Chris Lee, of course. Chris Lee had a I'm like, I don't know how, round. but. I mean, the right person won the fight, so I don't think that really matters at the end of the day. Yeah, and they both got signed. You know, yeah. Cody Gibson's no. I, I didn't even know he was a middle school teacher uh, on the side, so uh, that's kind of crazy. But also, uh, yeah, good fight. Really great, great fight. I mean, uh, one of the most uh, highest volume fights at Bantamweight. I think it was the second, the second most ever. And that was uh, the first one was Font and Cheeto, I believe. And that went obviously 25 minutes. So, um, yeah. Making history, both guys get signed. Bracketona, the first two-time Ultimate Fighter winner, which uh, just you know tells you all you need to know about that show. And uh, yeah, Connor, Connor, Team Connor wins. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> After trying to proclaim a victory from a guy who switched <laughs> to your team like at the last fight of his, and that shit's so funny. But uh, I stopped watching. I will be completely honest. The way that Connor has just kind of realized, I realized this fight's not going to happen, and he was barely a part of the show. It kind of made me be like, I don't really want to watch this shit. I, I, I mean, I watched the fights, but I didn't watch it like I thought I would. Like, watch the whole episode and see, like, them going out to steak dinners. I don't care. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah. Connor's like, me greatest workout. Like, I don't, I, you know, he's kind of, I've gone uh, fatigue with him. And I get he's coming off of the leg injury, which, you know, whatever. I don't really care. I'm not going to talk about it. I don't know why I'm going. It's so funny, fight. honestly, when he was, when he was ringside, he would just say the same shit every fight. Beautiful shot. That's beautiful shot. That's yeah. all he kept saying. Oh, Put them later on him. Put later on him. That was always my favorite. The one, the, the meme they made of me watching uh, two homeless guys fight outside the bar 
at three yeah. in the morning. Like that's the just the just the fucking like the animation of like the 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 alley in the background. It's just Connor wearing a suit. Yeah, like, put ladder on him. Put ladder on him. <laughs> Get it up out of defense. It's like you're like all right, dude. That, how about Andre Petrovsky split decision? Uh, I think this is a really close fight, much closer than it should have been. Petrovsky was a what? Minus like 280, 300, do I remember correctly? Favorite? Yeah, 260, 250. I think I mean, he's a big favorite. We talked about it though. Um, GM3, 50 professional fights compared to Petrovsky's 11 going in, you know, like after this fight. So this is his 11th fight. It's not uh, not easy. You know, it, that plays a factor no matter what. You know, even though GM3 is on the other side of it, uh, he was, you know, he got hurt. But he he's not – like, even when you knock him down, you could tell Petrovsky was a little worried in his guard, as he should be. Petrovsky sm- fought this fight smart. He gassed out like he sometimes does, which is a little <laughs> – that was a little concerning because I think the thing with Petrovsky is if he's able to get you down and get in his wheelhouse and not have to really work for it, then he's good. But if he has to stand and strike or really work for takedowns, then you see him just gas out, man. It's a big-time concern, I'd say. Yeah, he uh, he cardio dumps heavy in the third round. At one point, there was like like a minute left, and him and GM three just started swinging. I'm like, bro, you're up two rounds almost. Like, probably, yeah, you're like you're winning this fight. You won the first two rounds. Like, stop! Don't get knocked down the third, like Chris Wyman. Like, please, uh, GM three is just really no no threat to knock anybody out ever. Um, yeah, uh, he he keeps his uh, finishing rate at a hundred, right? Hundred percent. Oh, he has two decision wins. Oh, somebody said he had he has zero wins by decision. But they uh, might have probably met in the U- they might have met in the UFC. No, I mean he beat Wellington Terman by decision. So, Mister GM three did. Oh no no no! Um, my bad. I was talking about um, GM three has four decisions in the uh, UFC losses, but all of his wins are by uh, finish. All right. So what is three in a row? Two in a row. I'm sorry. He has, two, he has two decisions in his entire career uh, victories. So, Jeez. 10 and 9 in the UFC. He's approaching that 500 record. So, yeah, just middleweight. Middleweight is just a cesspool of a division, but I digress. How about Natalia Silva? Dominant win over Andrew Lee. Andrew Lee is cooked. Uh, <laughs> I'm being honest. I mean, she just did not. <laughs> she really couldn't get anything going in this fight. That's three in a row, yeah. and they weren't necessarily easy wins. So maybe they need to have her fight Antonina again, or somebody, yeah. or Cynthia Calvillo, or, uh, who's somebody who's more cooked than her. But or uh, Tony, um, uh, uh, whatever his name is, Tony Kelly, Teresa Blada. No, no, yeah, no, no. Tony Kelly, we're good <laughs> on that. We don't need to see him anymore after he <laughs> got eliminated by uh, Yanez, but. Uh, yeah, good win for Natalia Silva. She just this really uh, was kind of just a dominant win. Yeah, my only issue with her is she's a bit small, sometimes a little low volume, and um, she, she faints a lot. She's really good at fainting with her like she does a lot of hip fainting and just movement moving, but um, sometimes just a little you know doesn't do enough. Uh, but yeah, I, I love it. She's good looking. She's very young. She's Still improving, so I think she could uh, make some noise at 125. Honestly, if she dropped down to 115, I think she'd be a fucking force. But uh, I'm not sure. She, she's probably a thick, thicker girl, if you know what I mean. And um, Andrea Lee, she was swinging at a lot of a lot of air. Um, she, I mean, she, dude, she gets. It seems like she gets busted up, like her, like her nose, mouth area gets busted like every fight. Um, so you know, too much damage accumulating. Three in a row, three L's in a row. 
Uh, not a good look for KGB Lee. Yeah, and hopefully she sticks around so we can fade it again. Uh, I didn't fade it this time, but uh, I will next time. Let's Absolutely. So, but I mean, hey, maybe I'll take her if she's fighting uh, somebody who's coming off the Contender Series or something like that. That I think. Yeah, or Haley Cowan. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or uh, what was the check from? I think Ireland? she's like one fifty-five. Oh, Shauna Bannon. Bannon. I think she probably beat not to be her, right? With yeah, <laughs> I think that's very fair to say. I mean, not to be confused with Ed O'Bannon. Uh, former UCLA <laughs> player, but or the M- Michael Bannon, uh, the Trump lawyer, or whoever the fuck he was. I forget who he was. <laughs> uh, wrote a book or something. I don't something know. like that. Uh, uh, Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. That's Steve the guy. Bannon. Yeah, there it is. There Mike. it is. Um, the the lawyer was Michael Cohen. Now there, yeah, you got me Cohen, back in the uh, Trump era, remembering all these names. But uh, all the jail, all the guys in jail, all the guys are doing time in the bin right now. Uh, <laughs> how about Karini Silva? With that sneaky guillotine at the end of the first round, getting that inside the distance for us, you kind of said you wish you she got it back in blood, baby. Yeah, got it back in blood. They kept talking about it. She got arm marked ten years, eight years ago. Uh, Marina Moroz, she got cracked and dropped at one point very early in the fight. Karini Silva hit her with a nice left hook. Karini Silva's got a lot, has improved a lot too. Uh, on that contender series fight, she looked, uh, you know. Very dicey against Jan Q Q Q Q Give it up, man. Give it up. Jan Q Q. Wow, that was tough. Holy shit. Wow, when I saw you when I saw Q-Q. that game at the same time, I said, Oh boy, see ya. Yeah. I I, just I looked and Q. I was like, you know, Jan Q. Uh Q Anon. Q two Anon. Oh um, okay. <laughs> from that fight. On the Botello fight, when she was, you know, kind of, she gets a uh, a lot of late stoppages. The the, the darts against Botello, and then uh, obviously she ripped Ketlin Sosa's knee off of her body, um, and took it home and mounted her. Um, and yeah, this guillotine, they they kept saying it wasn't in. I was like, what's kind of in? I mean, she's she's like trying to uh, trying to bridge, and she can't because her head's getting stretched. Her neck's getting stretched off her body, and then she tapped with one second left, very inopportune, but. Uh, I mean, I think, I, she's better than her regardless. I think she, we saw what Marina Moroz really is in her last fight against Jennifer Maya. So, yeah. good win for Karini Silva. I think she she's another uh, prospect that we're looking at. She had, uh, I think, a couple early losses that she got out of the way. Um, not too, what is she, 29, 30? Something like that. Yeah, 29. Jesus, voice. 29. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, th- I think she's a pretty tough prospect. I mean, all of her wins are by finish, so that's scary. Um, so yeah, we'll see. What, uh, listen, maybe we match up both Silvas. I would hate it. It would, it would give me a heart attack and I would cry for a couple of days, but maybe we have to match up. Get, yeah. All right. She is bigger, but, um, I think the still has recovered on the, on the feet. So I don't know. Well, I'm going to bet that fight not to go to decision then because uh, sure. Karini Silva does not fight for decision. She, in her 21 yeah, fights, has only been to decision one awesome. time total. Yeah. Natalia Silva. Uh, so. Yes, that was UFC 292. Ty, uh, I, I think it lived up to the hype. I thought it was awesome. I really did. I enjoyed the card, even though there was a lot of decisions. Uh, I oh, think some of them that were. That stretch was tough. It was. It really was. But I think some of them were like good. At least you get like those like Brad Katona fights in there. You know, snuck in with. Then there's a Kurt Holabal, and then there's Gregory Rodriguez, you know, and then Cheeto Vera yeah. Munoz was somewhat at least good entertaining. Fight. Mario Bautista, that fight I thought was pretty good. The Machado yeah. Gary fight, not so much. And it was just awesome watching Wei Lee just dominate. So it was not exactly exciting, but it was just kind of like a wow, like watch this happen sort of thing. But 
Uh, O'Malley and Wei Lee get uh, 50000 each, which, uh, you know, I mean, I don't Green think they necessarily wrong. needed it, but uh, it doesn't hurt. Uh, you know, I don't know what these guys are making these days, but, uh, you know, they get, the, they get those uh, little pay-per-view points, I think, as being the champion. At least Sterling does. Uh, yeah. You know, not, not O'Malley, but O'Malley, I think, does well. How about Cody Gibson and Bracketona fight of the night, I think, was worthy of it as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I'd like to say I think Keith Peterson is the worst ref in, uh, in, in <laughs> MMA. I really, I really do. I think he has, like, I mean, Machado just kept fucking grabbing the cage and fucking, you know, putting his hand outside the fence, which you're not allowed yeah. to do, and he just was not doing anything about it. And, I I mean, Mark Goddard was not playing around, especially in that main event. Nope. They, they, I, you know what was sick? We didn't really talk about that stare-off. And, uh, when mm-hmm. they, when that was the weird. That was weird. I, but that was just awesome. never seen that. No. They, the the oh, camera just shit. hands to Bruce. Sh- I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, same thing. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Why are they next to him? What the fuck? <laughs> And, and you see Bruce yeah, is just like weird. unfazed. Just ha- he, Bruce is like, dude, this is what I've been waiting to do this whole time. So like you guys. Yeah, he's fucking. reading off a fucking promo from. And, uh, you know. Yeah, Metro PCS. You're like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is a fucking fight. This is a big time fight when you hear Modelo brew with a fighting spirit. <laughs> and you see all the ads. Sugar Sean had his own ad on the, on the, on the, on the ring, on the octagon. How yeah. crazy was that? That's, that's, what you, that's what happens when you bring in that big money. But hopefully we don't see John yeah. English or Brian Minor. Uh, yeah, it was crazy to see Herb. Herb kind of just had Herb random fights. Yeah, dude. Let's go. Let's go. We I like Kevin McDonald too, but I would like to see He's Herzog good. in the building. I think Herzog yeah. was with the PFL this past week. So, uh, speaking <laughs> of which, do you have any PFL comments before we get out of here? Because I really it don't seems know. like the PFL Bellator uh, purchase deal is uh, is, is going to happen. Um, it seems like it's growing legs, and like you said, Bellator three hundred. They said it's over, right? That's what it's they're over. Saying. It ends here. Um, it ends here. I mean, geez. I, I really hope they don't go the route of being a professional fighters league. I really hope they don't make it. If you were to add Bellator, I mean, you could be adding the be- I mean, 75% of your top 10 fighters would be from Bellator. So, like, you're adding most of your talent is coming from them. I, I don't think you should necessarily stay with the Bellator name, but I don't think PFL should, you should keep the structure either. Like, maybe you want to be. PFB, Professional Fighting Bellator. There you go. No, you Some could be in the PFL, but like not be a league. You know, I know it sounds yeah, stupid. Like, I guess or, you could be, or yeah. PFC. Honestly, I know it sounds kind of silly, but it's a professional fighting, fighting championship. championship. Like, yeah. uh, it sounds like ultimate fighting champ. I, I don't know. There's got to be a way you work it around, but like maybe keep the like name it. and just kind of operate like Bellator. Operate like a regular MMA organization. As I, I mean, I don't know if people really love the regular season. I don't. I like watching uh, fights. Yeah. So I, I it's mean, just it's such a bad structure. It gives you it gives you the ability to have more fights and just keep going year round. You know what I mean? Also, like they should the smart cage. They should ditch that. Get rid of you him. Hate He's not that smart. Cage. It's not smart. It's it, I want to see some things that it does that are smart. I don't know. You know, tell me the speed of a kick is like cool. Well, uh, I don't. You know, I don't care. But um, yeah, Maurice Green. You said uh, John Jones is going to give him the belt when John Jones beats Steve. He was going to let Maurice Green take it and win. He gets absolutely sent to the land of winning ghosts. And then Ferreira just, you know, that was flattened awesome. him. La Problema. Problema is what they call him. And yeah, I'll say. He, uh, he's making a case. He's making a push, man. Him and Dennis Goltsov are going to fight next. The Russian, uh, the Russian Bogatir, whatever that means. Um, he uh, arm triangles Jordan Heiderman. That guy didn't stand a chance. Uh, also, somebody who didn't stand a chance. Olena Kolesnik from the Ukraine. 
She lasts about 14 seconds with Larissa Pacheco before uh, saying, I'm good. I'm out. No mas. I'm going to say something. Uh, I'm... <laughs> Uh, that is about as close to a fight being fixed as I've ever seen in my life. I swear to God, it, it looked like she had no business. Like she, like right away, was like, "I'm good." Like, I she got hit hard. I'm not saying like it was like I, I'm just like I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of being serious. Like, she just was like, "Yo, out, out!" Like, pay me my money. Let's go. Let's get out of here, man. And well, she, if you're wondering, that now pushes Miss Kolesnik's record against Larissa Pacheco to zero and three. She is now 0-3 against Larissa Pacheco with three first-round losses. Yes, three. Uh, and the first one went four minutes. The second one went two minutes. This went 14 seconds. So, it's you know, I think Larissa Pacheco is her kryptonite. It's, I think that's safe to say. Yeah, I think we're moving in the wrong direction is the big problem there. So uh, she has a win against yeah. Aspen Ladd, though. <laughs> yeah, that was a, I bet that was a snoozer. Um, I bet that was a snooze. She also beat Vanessa, Vanessa Mello. I mean, she's beating the who's who, really. Um Aspen Ladd's a couple oh. of losses away from I ended up like Kay Hansen, if you know what I'm saying. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, Marina Morose is doing the Kay Hansen bit, but but fighting. There you go. Uh, Danilo, Danilo Marquez got a win at heavyweight. He's about 47 years old now. Fought Satoshi Ishii, who's about 57. So there you go. That's the PFL. I mean, the PFL is an event coming up this Wednesday, right? Wednesday. Um, they're trying to get that two, 155, 170 division. They're uh, they're advancing the playoffs. We're gonna get some good fights on that one. At least Solomon Renfro, our boy, we're uh, we're looking for him to get the upset victory. Biagio Ali Walsh, you said he's making a push to, for the 155 belt. How many he's Ali Walshes are there? He's just he's still an amateur, so that's uh, that's an amateur belt on and uh, on the PFL on the main card. Yeah. What? Yeah, we're 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 starting this prelim. Uh, I mean, this main card playoff card off with an amateur fight on at 155. Ed Davis, the former UNC Tar Heel, it seems like, is fighting Biagio Ali Walsh. All right. Well, Ed Davis looks insane in his topology <laughs> picture. He's got wild tattoos. Uh, I think that, that card itself, though, will An be An unshaved good. chest. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, OAM, Bruno Miranda, that's scary. Clay Collar, Clay Collar Beans, Shane Burgos. We'll see Shane Burgos literally sneaking his way into the playoff. Um, Salabusi has been around forever. He's Mr. PFL, I think. So, yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will have a episode later on this week, I believe. Right? Do we have Do we have a UFC card this upcoming week? I don't even. I think we have Max and Oh, that's uh, right, TKZ. Oh my I think god, that's happening. That's in fucking. That's going to be you. You're going to be able to watch that one. It's at five uh, in the morning. Listen. Um, you might have to put, purchase some performance enhancers to uh, watch this fight. <laughs> and I'll let you guys figure out what those are. He's all uh, this coffee, this coffee, you sick fucks. But um, well, who's on this card? card? Yeah, it's uh, we got Aaron Blanchfield, which I did not know she's fighting. Giga. This is actually a pretty good card. I mean, at least has Anthony some Smith, Ryan Spam. Wow, yeah. Cheedy and Mr. Olk, Stachuk, Junior Toffa, Parker Porter running it back. Bernie Garcia. Yeah. Oh, he follows me on Twitter after I was making fun of him. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he doesn't kill me. Um, Brzezinski. Well, the WCA is getting in there. <laughs> Cortez Acosta, Chitty. Oh, it's fighting Ola Jachuk. Oh my god, that, <laughs> I mean, they're it's actually one, yeah. some fucking bank. I don't know how this is going to work out for me because I'm going to have to wake up, watch this. I'm going to have to. I can't miss this, man. <laughs> gonna have to. I love this. Uh, what time does the card itself start? The main card starts at eight. The the prelims start at five a.m. 
This is that's brutal. Fucking that's wild, like man. Singapore indoor stadium. We don't have any Singaporeans on the card. I don't think there is UFC also, but we also have boxing. Alexander used to get back in that ring. He's taking on Daniel Dubois in Poland for some reason. Um, Jared Big Baby Anderson's getting in there. He's fighting at a casino in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, that's yeah, be awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'll be on, they'll both I think be on ESPN at different parts different times of the day I mean as soon as you wake up on Saturday you have something you have Singapore UFC you have Poland boxing and you have ESPN boxing from Oklahoma I mean dude you got the whole thing on Saturday it's all going down there might be Eagle FC that we don't know about BKFC I don't know you never know and there's some sport ball going on they got college football starting off on Saturday oh too, man Notre so. Dame minus 20 and a half lock it in right now there you I'm go. telling you lock it in Right now, a BKFC prospect series one. <laughs> uh, also, before we get out of here, we're I, doing what, it. What is your uh, P? What, not your PFL. What is your contender series uh, pick that you were going to give me? Oh, we are taking Luis Pajuelo, the Peruvian nightmare. I believe they call him Corazon de Leon, the heart of the lion, baby. Oh boy! Um, Why are we seeing Robbie Ring? Robbie Ring, Robbie Razor. He is trained by his parents. That is an auto, auto fade. Instant red flag. It's funny how the backwoods Virginia. Oh my god! Trained. His mom is literally in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> he is trained by his mother and father to the right of him. Razor Robbie Ring. Um, he is a guy who takes people down. He has a, listen. He has a win over Jacob Kilburn. If that means anything to you, other than that, he's fought nobody. Like oh and oh, oh and three, oh and two, oh one, one and one. As an amateur. He was pushed to the limits multiple times by guys who were able to out-wrestle him. And Luis Pajuelo has a huge striking advantage. So, it looks like my guy is cooked no matter what he does. I got Luis Pajuelo money line. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. And I believe that's kicking off the card. Uh, yeah, it is. We had, a, we had a fight that got canceled, unfortunately. Uh, Mr. Felipe Dos Santos. And I'll actually be able to lock in on this this weekend. so Or this this Tuesday, I think. So. Uh, Start off at eight, I think. Hell yeah, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the card this past weekend. We will have another show later on this week. My name is Matt McSweeney. This has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. Uh, his name is Ty Capone. As always, Matt, send us out. Uh, as always, Notre Dame minus 20 and a half is basically like the ATM, allegedly.